0: Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Bruce Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a doggone show about weirdos, I'm your host John Fahey, joining me, high-functioning pervert, prettiest boy under the sun, say hello, Mr. Aaron Peeta.
1: Hi, I'm Aaron. How are how
0: you, you doing, how, Aaron? I'm,
1: I'm great, John, how are you? Did I interrupt you? I mean... Get it through your get head! Get it through your <laughs> head! Oh shit, John! Matt! <laughs> How are you guys? I had to do a little callback. We haven't done we haven't done any yeah. Prince of Porn callbacks no, yeah. in a minute.
0: Yeah, we could really do a whole another episode on the Prince of Porn and how we much could. we love it. Yeah, we, we can just talk about it all day. We should. Are we do. Mm-hmm. Matt, hi. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Wait, no, you already answered that. Matt Rousseau hi. Prettiest boy under the universe. Wow, that's a big sky. Um, what? I'm sorry, dude. He looks it's, great. It's a different type of pretty. Yeah, I'm more of a woodsy pretty. You're like a city pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I did. You don't know what to embrace. Oh yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. I'll take actually it. cool.
1: Yeah. More people live in cities now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's up, John? Uh I'm great. I'm great. Uh I got uh I got a, a dandy little tale to tell. Mm-hmm. But first, I have no idea. What our co-host, Matt Brousseau, is gonna lay on me right now. I don't know a thing, Aaron. He, he always he
1: he comes to the table with oh. some great unknowns.
0: He does. Oh. And there's a stack of
1: documents? He does <laughs> have always, a he has a folio. There seems to be a dossier here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, is that is that the piss dossier? <laughs> it's, it's one of them.
0: Is it's that It's one right? of the piss dossiers. Oh. Well I wrote piss and rock on it, so Ah, kidney stones. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> Very
1: good. Never had one. Any of you guys ever had one?
0: No. I, what I do is I chill my kidney stones and then put them in my piss.
1: Ah, yeah, uh, the, it doesn't okay. water it down. Yes,
0: exactly. It's like the the whiskey piss, right? Mm-hmm. Hard piss. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you say that, John. Uh, well, uh, t- <laughs> he's never heard that. <laughs> so I I got to hear a a uh, 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 little. Uh, you know, I didn't start. In this, this spot I ended up in. But, uh, I was gonna, t- I was gonna talk about, there's some things I, w- I didn't mention during the live show. I was talking about Lennon and Harry Nielsen. Mm-hmm. The album that came out of that was Harry Nielsen's Pussycats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they had to call it Cats because Lennon and him wanted to call it Strange Pussies. Huh. And the record label wouldn't let them do that. No. And That's then, because
1: he wanted to take a bunch of acid, find some women and fuck them. Well,
0: that was a bright spot for that last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, then the, the cover of the, of the album, is a picture of Lennon and Nielsen sitting at a table. Underneath the table is a rug, and there's a child's block on one end that has a, the letter D, and on the other end is an S, so it spells drugs. Huh. Ah, right. D rugs. Uh-huh. Got it. Uh, during the recording, Nielsen blew out his vocal cords to the point where he was bleeding. Ugh. But he never told Lenin because Lennon was his friend, but also
1: his hero, and he didn't want to... Uh, Is that on account of all the chop? Well, it didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> because he was a he was a drinker mm-hmm. who also did cocaine. Also, that was
0: noted. Yes. A noted drinker who also dabbled. Right. Uh, and his vocal chords were never the same for the rest of his career. And you can hear it in the album. You can hear him just like chugging through things that he used to be a beautiful singer with, uh-huh. and now he's... Yeah. Gross. So... A friend of mine, my friend Annis from back home, he pointed out to me that he loved Harry Nielsen. He didn't know any of his music except for his sixth album, which was called The Point, mm-hmm. which Nielsen thought of while taking acid in, in the woods one day. He thought of this whole story, and they animated the album, and the the story of the album was a a boy named Oblio, who lived in a village where everybody had points on their head, but Oblio had a round head, and he didn't fit in. Hmm. He, he thought of this on acid. Wow. Uh, so... Uh, Oblio accidentally angers one of the evil counts of the kingdom, and he's banished to the pointless forest. <laughs> and he discovers that everything has a point, mm. And he goes back into town, and they all learn something. Okay, yeah. And uh, the 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 forte, the home vi- home video version of it was narrated by Ringo Starr. Mm. The uh, TV version, the first one, was narrated by Dustin Hoffman. Ooh. So then Matt Matt explained. He said, he said "I know one other thing about Nielsen, my friend." Uh, and he said, uh, "He he made a song." That he recorded with a bunch. He went. To, he was in England, and he recorded it at a British old folks' home. And they were they were sung it with him, and they handed around a bottle. And the song is called uh, "I'd Rather Be Dead," and the lyric is the lyrics are uh, "I'd rather be dead than wet the bed." Uh uh-huh. huh.
1: I and wonder. It's all about piss. Yeah. Yes. What happens with the bottle? Well, they all drank the. bottle. <laughs> Oh, there was. They were not peeing in the bottle. Oh, I yeah, thought they were, they were just all drinking. they all drinking collectively, them. urinating in a bottle. Right, but no, they were drinking some liquor or something. And so
0: then I said, "Well,
1: well, nobody's perfect."
0: You know, music <laughs> and piss—that seems like a pretty good combination.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah! You know,
0: and so you know, recently the, uh, there's video of of Kesha on uh, "My Crazy Beautiful Life." She uh, ru- was rumored to have pissed in a bottle and then drank it on camera. Is that a fact? That is true. Hmm. Uh, Justin Bieber was arrested for being drunk in public, uh-huh. and in order to uh, to he did a pee test in Canada or a piss test, I guess you'd call it. And the the police, in order to prove it was him peeing, they filmed it. Nice And they put a black bar over his penis And mm. I think that leaked out Right
1: As The black does. bar the urine. the urine The urine leaked out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully
0: There's <laughs> no just, just <a> moron sandwich <laughs> Did the black bar leak out? No, you're saying the piss leaked out <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Sorry <No. laughs> Matt So it, um, There's a long Sordid history of, of piss and uh, music and yeah. Jim, Jim Morrison pissed himself uh, And drank it uh, while
1: tripping in the Mojave. Shut up. Uh huh. You, you know you can um actually on on certain drugs like meth uh, meth for sure yeah they call it chem piss, but also like psychedelics like mm-hmm. mushrooms you can drink your urine mm-hmm. after doing the drug right. and it really kicks it up a notch mm. it really sends it uh yeah no, it, it's nice it kicks it up a notch <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not nice first of all no it really it's does no nice. yeah, hold it on sends it kicks it up a notch it doesn't kick it up a notch it's just you doing the same.
0: Drugs that you already did that you pissed out,
1: John. <laughs> Just get, gets, Let's not act like it's better. It kicks it up a notch. <laughs> 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 they used to do this so right. they used to do this for the, <laughs> in, in <laughs> Siberia. They would like. Um, you know the Amanita muscaria mushrooms, the red red ones with the white dots? Yeah. They're kind of toxic, right? Oh so like you, the Mario
0: ones. Yeah. Mario.
1: Mario so you, um, they're slightly toxic, so you either have to, like, cook them or make a tea or whatever, uh, or you could drink, uh, the piss of the reindeer who are eating yeah. them. Oh, oh right. Because it would it's filter so out a lot of the toxins, and you could just drink the reindeer piss. Right. So there's a whole thing with Christmas and Santa Claus, and then we can get to another- The reindeer? Yes. Really? But you Couldn't drink-
0: you just look into his
1: kaleidoscope eyes and get fucked up? <laughs> but why do that when you can just drink piss? You're right, you're right, you're so smart Thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, He knows exactly what to say Please continue with your tales of urine
0: So uh, also notable piss drinker Was Keith Richards who drank his own piss because he- <laughs> every up. day He was told it was a detox cure Oh my dear uh, god huh. Could they be any more wrong? A uh, detox cure? Well, <laughs> it was a form of detox I guess you could say I think it was Detox to it, retox. It yes, retox. of course it's a retox. Kind of like a hair yeah, of the dog. Was, yeah, piss of the hog. Hey, yeah. hey, this piss tastes like Jack Daniel's. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> this piss no, it tastes takes like- the edge off this hangover. <laughs> I wonder why this piss tastes like my tastes like my dad's ashes, which he he snorted his dad's ashes. Yeah, I heard that. All right. Uh, The Rolling Stones still alive. That's that's why there's a lot of things. Uh, The Rolling Stones had a history with piss. Uh, They were uh, fined by the uh, the British police for peeing on a garage during uh, after a show when they couldn't use the bathroom. They were fined five pounds, I believe it was each. When they were boys. Oh, a fiver? Yeah. Fiver. Uh, fiver. Brother, fiver. Piss. piss. Fiver, fiver.
1: Piss again. It's, it's, it's light work. <laughs> Free money. Uh, How bo- did you let that one go and I dived on it first, you fuckhead? Dude, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to kick it up a notch over here.
0: Uh, boy George also drank his own no, piss. Oh, does does it, son yes. of a It
1: does not surprise me yeah. in the least. <laughs> Ozzy
0: Osbourne peed uh, In the Alamo Yes he did Yes yes, I I knew that I knew that Also Ozzy In order to prove That he was a dirty man uh, (laughs) Once (laughs) Once at a bar Licked his piss Off the floor And then Licked Nikki Six's piss to further prove his point. God Well, almighty. what's so gross
1: about that? It was a, <laughs> a floor of a bar.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and you got Nikki Six's piss in there.
1: Oh, God. You know, we were well, just talking know, earlier about piss being sterile. Was,
0: his was not. The, 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 the fucking, the Motley Crue biography is the one where they get. Heroin Ossie Diaries? Is. Is they the got one? him to snort the line of ants. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. Is they,
1: that where the story came out first? Uh, that's where I first heard uh-huh. it,
0: but Molly Crew was definitely like, yeah, this dude was insane, he hung out with us, he snorted a line of ants.
1: What's more insane, ants or dad? Or licking pins? Uh, <laughs> piss, or licking pins off
0: the floor, I don't know. Uh, Try it out I guess we'll we'll get well, back To you next episode Yeah yeah We'll see you guys At the teak <laughs> <laughs> Do not lick anything Off the floor At the teak Let's <laughs> not piss yeah. <laughs> uh, Chuck Berry Noted P fanatic Yes Here's a transcription Of a recording <laughs> That was made While Chuck Berry Was having Relations with a lady He said Did I piss in your eyes I'm sorry This piss all over you
1: Oh my god
0: Your neck and your hair But you love oh, me no. And she said I love you Hey oh. Chuck
1: Hey, Chuck, it's me, your cousin, Marvin. (laughs) Marvin Barry, you know that new drink you've been looking for? (laughs) Well, try out some piss. (laughs) Try it out. (laughs) Actually, Marty McFly invented piss drink. That's true. uh,
0: Joan Jett, once she was being bothered by some douchey uh, groupie, and she made a popsicle out of lemonade and piss and (laughs) gave it to him. And he said, oh, this tastes like shit. (laughs) <laughs> and no. she said, you're close. Wow, <laughs> really? hmm Nice. Izzy Stradlin from The Guns from the Guns and Roses, he once peed in front of an entire plane of people. That's funny. Yeah. You guys are rock star. Yeah. The Who, the cover of Who's Next is them walking away from a big monument they all peed on, but actually only one of them peed on it. The rest is just water. Yeah. Hate mm. to break it to you. Uh, Sid Vicious, he pissed himself the night he met Nancy. Wow Yeah And probably many after Of course I'm mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. Yes uh, The Ramones They peed in Johnny Rotten's beer Yay And that's how they
1: made Steel <laughs> Reserve
0: <laughs> Gimme give gimme give gimme give my Steel Ah, uh, it mm-hmm. louder
1: steel reason Excellent harmonizing
0: uh, Johnny Rotten In his letter To the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Do you remember uh, He wrote a letter Yes th- Yes that He, he tried to induct The uh, sex pistols And he wrote to them Next to the sex pistols Rock and roll In that hall of fame Is a piss stain mm-hmm. Your museum Urine in wine We're not coming Yeah And then he ended By saying Outside the shit stem Is a real sex pistol Wow He was Johnny Rotten Yes, he still is
1: I don't understand any of that, but it does sound cool.
0: He was just saying that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is dumb because it's all it, it's all people that um, are already in it and duck to the next people, so it's it's of course heavily that, bigoted. That, that's how clubs work. Yeah, but but do you trust their judgment of what is? Authentic I don't trust. Rock and roll?
1: No, no. Same thing with the Oscars or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, the Oscars so white. Duh.
0: Right. It's the Oscars. Right. But they could have, they could if they let Rin Tin Tin in early on. It could have been Oscars So Dog, <laughs> <laughs> because after that it would have been nothing but dogs. <laughs> Fuck a dog, <laughs> Lassie, Lassie two, Oscars Lassie Three. So
1: Dog. <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing. Hey, uh, R. Kelly, big yes, pitcher, of course loves it. I mean, it's steel, you're pissed, no, it steal your piss, on. No, no. Uh,
0: but the, that brings us to the Beatles. The Beatles uh, in 1960, they were living in uh, in Hamburg, Germany, or Hamburg. And they lived behind a local theater next
1: to the toilets.
0: Ha! <laughs> and they said that they had to use the urinal water to bathe and
1: shave. Oh! Well, it's just come it's water like any other water. Right,
0: but it's cascading off piss porcelain. Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, piss porcelain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I grew up, my family, we didn't have a lot of money, <laughs> but we did have class. We were piss porcelain. <laughs>
0: You always shine during these piss segments, don't you? It's my bread and butter. Absolutely. And uh, John Lennon, he also <gasps> drank his own piss at one point. No. Which is fun because, as it was pointed out to me, uh, he was killed by a man who was uh, uh, urged to kill him by J.D. Salinger, and J.D. Salinger also drank his own piss. Really? Well, mm-hmm. he was alone a lot. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs>
1: I think he was alone a lot because he drank his own piss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is a, it's a yeah. combo of those. You don't really want to talk to him. If he's got that piss breath.
1: Oh God!
0: <laughs> what does that gross you out? You love drinking piss up until you got to smell the breath.
1: Yeah, I plug my <laughs> nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, that brings me to this final thing, which somehow was not in all of my research about the Lost Weekend, and it really ties for me. It really ties it all together. Yes. <gasps> John Lennon, while recording with Phil Spector, he was at the A&M studios, and they were all kicked out one night because someone peed. Someone pissed on the board. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. And wow. in response to this, Phil Spector was apparently very upset, and John Lennon wrote him a personal letter, and it goes like this. It starts out, a matter of pee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phil,
0: see you around 1230, exclamation point. Should you not yet know... It was Harry and Keith, Keith Moon, who pissed on the console.
1: What is he? Is he throwing everybody yeah. under the bus? Under
0: the piss this bus. This fucking piece of shit. Dude. Dude. Oh, man. He sucks. The more I know about him. I'm glad he
1: got fucking <laughs> shot.
0: <laughs>
1: Beating the shit out of Yoko, teasing Stevie Wonder with Coke that he can't even see. <laughs> Try it out.
0: He writes, Jerry now wants to evict us, so that's what Capital tells. Anyway, tell him to build capital for the damage, if any, question mark. I can't be expected to mind adult rock stars, nor can May Peng. Besides, she works for me, not AM. <laughs> May Peng. May Peng.
1: She's Chinese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then John writes, I'm about to piss off to record plant because of this crap. John. Record plant was another record studio. Oh. He was he wrote this to Phil Spector, never gave it to him, gave it to another studio musician who never gave it to Phil, and then a couple years ago it sold at auction for eighty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh. Good old piss letter.
1: Yeah. And Phil killed some people. We talked about uh we
0: brought up Orange Juice, the band. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they went on the top of the pops, etcetera. They these guys were always fighting and uh and getting fucking soused, man. Like just getting hammered. On on and on like booze several, and back to back uh TV episodes, and one of them was they were like in front of the studio audience and one of the other guys was fucking with the other one during the performance and he started making them laugh so hard that he pissed himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like in a bunch of these like, you know, young girls in the audience were like, holy shit, this is like a pop star mm-hmm. pissing himself on TV. Like, you don't ever see this, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't think they ever released it. God, if we could find that, that'd be oh, so cool. So awesome. It was it was noted that uh, when the Beatles came to America, after everybody left the venue, sometimes it smelled like piss.
1: No Because... These and girls. this is the
0: theory... The young women, the young girls were so excited to see them that they pissed them.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. When we rolled to town, these girls, they just, they just can't help themselves. They pissed themselves. It's probably like four guys who showed up to everywhere. Do you remember,
0: do you remember like growing up, there was that one Michael Jackson video where it was all the, the open air concert of all these girls fainting and crying like crazy. And it was just pandemonium. What, you were not alone or something like that? No, I was, this was like a... Like, I think like off like the Bad Album or something. Okay. It was one of those like serious, but it was, it was such pandemonium that you were like, I remember I was in love with Michael Jackson. And I, I still remember looking at these girls being like, it's okay. <laughs> you settled know, like, settle down. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but surely before they fainted, they had pissed themselves probably hours Or,
1: or right after. <laughs> Who knows?
0: But either thing. way, there is piss, right?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. When was the last time you pissed yourself? Oh, God. I haven't I d I, I have pissed
0: myself? last uh, time I pissed myself. Well, I don't think
1: the listeners are ready to hear the last time we got pissed on, so well, no. when was the last time you pissed yourself?
0: Fuck. Um
1: it's hard it's, it's good. It's,
0: I mean it's been it's been long enough that I don't Yeah. I don't know. Good. Um Tough to say. Yeah. Matt? I, I uh have not pissed myself in memory
1: as oh I have well even as a kid? Yeah, well, I'm no, trying. I don't, I'm, trying I don't remember I'm trying to think about more like kid.
0: early 20s, yeah. pissing, like drinking, like a lunatic type things, mm-hmm. and I have more of, like <laughs> I have more of a thing of like I might piss on something fucked up because I'm uh-huh. up drunk. Mm-hmm.
1: And you think it'd be at- cool to piss on? it? No no, 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 no.
0: I think what I'm peeing on is the toilet, but right. it's entirely uh, not. Yes, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. a thing. Someone yelled at me And I said No they moved the bathroom And then yeah. I left Sometimes my dad would wake up And I'd be like That's not the bathroom <laughs> And he'd be like oh, I know And I'm like Oh what are you doing in there You weirdo <laughs> Get out <laughs> You mean in the kitchen Or something I'd be like Get the fuck
1: out of there uh, I know you're uh, going to pee one time, you know, the sake, yeah. <laughs> one time, I think I was like in Kindergarten or first grade Or something And we were Playing duck duck goose On the playground Duck duck piss <laughs> <laughs> Duck, duck, it's piss. It's <laughs> a duck. <laughs> no, we're playing Duck, Duck, Goose. Whack. And I did it. I did the Duck, Duck, Goose thing. And I sat back down. And apparently, I started uh, pissing myself. Or I had pissed myself. Like it. And uh, the teacher, mm. Mrs. Bucci.
0: Oh, <laughs> she, oh Mrs. Bucci. Oof, you? My hey, own. I got your Bucci. She, right she was
1: like, and Did you. Uh, did you uh, did you have an accident? Did you make a mistake? And I was like, no, no, I meant to, hit, to pick that person <laughs> yeah, yeah. as the goose. And she was yeah. like, no, I, and I I I peed myself. Right. Oh.
0: And you said, no, Miss Bucci, I meant for you to smell my
1: piss, <laughs> taste my pain, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Can we get more piss
0: and and return? Sure. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Is that cool? All yeah. This, all
1: this. I'm piss parched. Because parch, I got, cause I, got I
0: got to deliver this whole uh, profile, and I'm going to be piss parched.
1: Yeah. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be pissed. Something.
0: Welcome back to Profiles in Eccentricity, folks. Matt just dropped some severe piss knowledge on us. That was a very excellent man. Oh, thank you, thank you. That Rich, was
1: thick, golden braids of fizzy knowledge. Fosfarian. I think
0: you really dialed into the best part of the program, which mm-hmm. is piss facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what it was. I mean, uh, we've really uh, we've done a lot of that lately. It's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on the um, the second extra that we've recorded for the uh, pro- uh, profiles and eccentricity mm-hmm. Patreon, yes. we went deeper into piss facts. And, uh, Oh I'm, yes. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not going to give away too much more, but we, uh, we found some crazy inventions that came out because of piss with our guest, Laura Crawford. Mm-hmm. And we talked that, that moved on to nukes and,
1: oh, it was a, it was a, a conversation that ran the spectrum. It did. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the gamut.
0: Yes. Sure.
1: So it good. It was really fun. Actually. May
0: 1st, the Patreon will be up. And if you join, you will have. That episode, the after Malcolm McLaren episode, as well as Aaron's breakdown of Bill and Ted's bogus journey.
1: Yes. Bas- pretty good. Bastion of modern cinema and mm-hmm. storytelling. Pretty
0: solid extra content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If for, I do say a, so for a, myself. Uh,
1: uh, for no more than a dollar. No, that's a fiver. That's right. Fiver. That's yeah. For a too. fiver, um, a month yeah. or, or more if you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pins, stickers, shirts. Yes.
0: I mean, there's the whole breakdown that you'll see on the Patreon. Um, May 1st, folks. May 1st. It'll be ready. Aaron. You and I will geek out heavily on uh, some comic book nerdy shit. Yes, we will. And we have talked recently about Marvel's uh, Civil War, uh-huh. and there's a great thing that happens in there. And we talk, we talk, me and you nerd out a lot about Captain America and how he's like kind of the the, the voice of what you kind of want America to be, right. even though America is kind of a nation in decline, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there was the Mark Millar the comic author, said the thing recently about Superman is a patriotic hero from a bygone era. Right. But somehow Captain America still gets away with being the hero of the modern age. He still embodies America somehow. Yeah. And Where, where Superman fails. Superman does fail. There's something more personal about all the Marvel heroes is what he was saying, right. why they don't achieve the same cinematically that Marvel heroes do. And uh, you sent me a couple of panels that you thought were very poignant from Civil War. Civil War, do you want to
1: describe what Civil War is? No, go for it.
0: Civil War is a story that was uh, grade from
1: 2006-ish, I think? Yeah, 2006, 2007. And it was
0: uh, basically preying on the idea that was first established in Watchmen of what if superheroes had to register and be government employees? Right. And they had to give up the secret identities and all that stuff. What would happen and so, of course, there's a civil war. There's right. superheroes that will refuse to do it. The ones that go along with it are led by Iron Man. The ones that won't are led by Captain okay. America. Shockingly. It's interesting. Yeah. Yes. It's a good flip.
1: Where the, 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 the private entity, the private businessman mm-hmm. sides with registration and yes. the government and the national... A superhero created by the government yes. decides to to not go along with registration.
0: Which is almost a commentary yeah. on how America became. Like it was like war was you know kind of privatized yeah. and then like the soul of the country was kind of like mm, no we don't think so you know. Right. And when Spider-Man's the man in the middle I thought that was very interesting. Spider-Man is exactly the man in the middle and he's portrayed as kind of a flip flopper yes. and it's because Spider-Man is so beholden to his own conscience. So these panels that we're going to talk about. And he's a kid. Mm-hmm. He's not really. I a kid mean, he's, he's older in Civil War, he's, but he's, he's always still... spiritually a kid. Yes, yes. But these panels are Captain America talking to Spider Man, yeah. um, who has embraced Tony Stark's thing of registration. He reveals his secret identity, and then he has second thoughts about what's going on, and feels like it's a sellout. And then he comes back to Captain America, and he asks Captain America, "Tell me what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is." Please,
1: Aaron, if you would. So Captain America responds to Peter. I remember the first time I really understood what it was to be an American, what it was to be a patriot. I was just a kid a million years ago, it seems sometimes, maybe 12. I was reading Mark Twain, and he wrote something that struck me right down to my core, something so powerful, so true that it changed my life. I memorized it so I could repeat it to myself over and over across the years. He wrote, in a republic, who is the country? Is it the government, which is for the moment in the moment in the saddle? why the government is merely a temporary servant. It cannot be its prerogative to determine what is right and what is wrong and decide who is a patriot and who isn't. Its function is to obey orders, not to originate them. Who then is the country? Is it the newspaper? Is it the pulpit? Why these are mere parts of the country, not the whole of it. They have not command, they only have their little share in the command. In a monarchy, the king and his family are the country. In a republic. It is the common voice of the people. Each of you, for himself, by himself, and on his own responsibility, must speak. It is a solemn and weighty responsibility, and not lightly to be flung aside at the bullying of the pulpit, press, government, or the empty catchphrases of politicians. Each must for himself alone decide what is right and what is wrong, and which course is patriotic and which isn't. You cannot shirk this and be a man. To decide it against your convictions is to be an unqualified and inexcusable traitor, both to yourself and to your country. Let men label you as they may. If you alone of all the nation shall decide one way, and that way be the right way, according to your convictions of the right, you have done your duty by yourself and by your country. Hold up your head. You have nothing to be ashamed of. And then he goes on to tell Peter, Spider-Man. Doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, No, you move. And then Peter Parker says, can I carry your bags to class?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This young uh, lady I'm going to tell you about is very much no, you move.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Sophie Scholl was born into a very well-to-do German family. She grew up with her siblings and they were in youth
1: movements and stuff like that. Time Uh, period. What time period?
0: Well, this is uh, 1930s.
1: Okay. Sophie born in the 30s in Germany.
0: Yes. And her siblings were all in kind of like German Youth League movements. And then as the Nazis took over, it was very natural to slip into Hitler Youth stuff, Mm -hmm. which her and her brother both did. And her sister was saying, you have to understand, she's like, everybody in lockstep singing along to the same songs. She was like, how could you not be moved by the fellowship? Mm -hmm. How could you not think this is right? Her father was very displeased because he, Robert Skoll... Was not at all a fan of what was going on.
1: Of the Nazi, mo- the burgeoning Nazi movement. Yeah. Okay.
0: And he didn't come from any like really sort of rebellious thing. He was just kind of an educated German right. that was like uh, very devout in his faith. And he thought this is uh, like something is wrong here. And there was, there was very much like an idea of we have lost our freedom. We're sort of hostages here. Yeah, Like this is very fun and we're all going along with it. But this is a disaster. Right. And his son, Hans, was the first one to kind of Hans Kohl? Hans Kohl was the first one to start going (laughs) along with it. And uh, it was just like, I I talk about this all the time, about the the guy that grew up in in Germany and then he moved. He he left. He left. And then he came back. He moved to the UK and he came back and he was saying, when I went to the first Hitler rally, he's like, and I had the doubt of what was going on. From foreign press, and I went to this this rally, and everybody was so swept up in it. He's like, I just felt so alone, mm-hmm. you know, and like, why would anybody want to feel that way? Like, of course, you would want to find excuse to get into it, mm-hmm. and that's was how these kids felt too about the the youth movement. Like, it was there was some, there was like especially a kids a mysterious power that was like sweeping you all along the drum beat and everything. And Hans and Sophie. This is said by Sophie's younger sister Inga. It wasn't so surprising that they joined the Hitler Youth. We entered in, entered into it with body and soul, and we cannot understand why our father did not approve, why he was not happy and proud. On the contrary, he was quite displeased with us. So, Robert Skoll was basically just completely understanding as a, a, a rational person of how this was totalitarianism. And Hans, the the son, was in some of these younger German movements that weren't Hitler youth based. And he was kind of scolded for having a uh, homosexual affair, Mm. which the Nazi party was not down with.
1: Right. On the surface. Very
0: much on the surface. Right. And that was kind of held over his head. Sophie, meanwhile, his sister had, you know, Jewish friends when she was younger and she was kind of seeing how some of these laws, you know, about uh, like what race you were and what you could do, who you, who you could marry into all this stuff. All of that was affected by that. So, as as young kids, they just saw things that they were like, okay, this is clearly injustice. And their, their dad was kind of egging them on. It was like, at first they were like, this is gung-ho, you know, like Hitler Youth, hell yeah, you know. But then they saw some stuff like, okay, they don't really love the homosexual affairs of, of 16-year-olds and they don't really like my young Jewish friends. So, these young kids start getting politicized by not just their father, but also their surroundings. They basically agree that Hitler is enslaving the Germans. And in, in the name of, of freedom, they really need to mm-hmm. start doing some kind of rebellion. And at first, so, uh, Sophie doesn't know anything. Her, her brother Hans is really leading the way because he's a med school student. But you want to kind of like hide out, but you can't really hide out. You still get sent to the front. You have to treat German soldiers. And his friends would see, you know, mass graves. And they would see the rumors, like on the front of concentration camps.
1: So the, the war has already started at this point. This
0: is 1942. They're oh, deep into shit. Okay, but you're, but you're in you're in a very middle class German family. Well, you're normally insulated.
1: Yes, but he's been thrust into the truth by by seeing these atrocities, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And around this time, their father at work—that's just a plan—is is he serves time because somebody grasses him up in a very. Uh, Orwellian way, you know where you can't say anything against right. Big Brother. If you
1: see something, say something.
0: He says the war it is already lost. This Hitler is God's scourge on my, mankind and in, the war doesn't end soon, the Russians will be sitting in Berlin. Uh-huh. Calls it in 1942. No shit. It's like this is what's going to go down. So again, they're all very religious too all these kids. And they, and they listen to a lot of pastors, there's a lot of priests that have things what like they Lutheran. They're Lutheran and uh, some of their friends are Catholic. You know, uh, Germany at the time yeah, of the of war it, was, it. was pretty much like uh, half and half yeah. Protestant Catholic.
1: Yeah, there's a big misconception that the Nazis were atheists. Yeah. But no, there was right on a lot of their sigils, it, it said, God is with us. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and Mussolini, of course, brought a lot of uh, sympathy to the whole fascist movement mm-hmm. thing, you know, and um, Hitler is Catholic. Yeah. Which I never knew
1: mm-hmm. for
0: the longest time baptized catholic you know but um in in the same way as england germany is very split down the middle you know lutheran protestant yeah. whatever you know catholic so a lot of these kids were were very into theology um they start going to their friends at the university of munich and they uh Hans and his sister Sophie and they start talking to people and they go to some classes and they realize one of one of the professors is is kind of Undermining Hitler very subtly, mm-hmm. and so they start talking to him, and they they get this group going, and they they start realizing like Sophie has a boyfriend on the front, Fritz, right? And Fritz is telling her he's like I've seen people killed in mass graves, shot and then buried. He's he's like there's mass extermination of Jewish people. People didn't know this was going on. Like, no. Don't forget the Americans didn't know this was going on. This
1: was this was happening. You well, know, they I mean. <laughs> The mass American public didn't know what was going on, but reconnaissance kind of knew. At a certain point, they knew and didn't act, but yeah.
0: But people coming back to middle-class Germany, this is the thing. You're talking about completely unaffiliated Germans, like total middle-class regular Germans are Mm -hmm. finding out about these crimes and saying, this is not who we are. Right. This is wrong. Right. That's uh, one of the most amazing things about class difference is that class shields you from those things. I recently yeah. saw that JFK didn't know about the Great Depression. I saw the same thing today, too. JFK didn't know the Great Depression happened until he read it in books, even though he grew up during that time, but he was so shielded yeah. from it, he never mm-hmm. saw it or read about yeah. it or heard mm-hmm. about it. Isn't that crazy? That's completely insane. Yeah. And that's, the- that's, that's what really pissed off the Chinese about when that new textbook came out in Japan that was not w- completely left out the rape of nanking completely ripped out like left out the the rape of nanking
1: all of the sex slave shit that happened with the chinese like yeah there's a lot of i think i think another uh, just a sidebar uh, there is a um, you know everybody talks about doctor death Mm-hmm. uh the german doctor, joseph, doctor Mengele. joseph Mengele yeah there's a japanese doctor Absolutely. that, that yeah. is out of fuck i mean it's some district 9 level very vivisection much. stuff that i think i'm going to i'll do a profile on at some point it's it's horrific but
0: it's it's truly horrific but it, it's um, worth knowing yeah like it it's really funny because like some some cultural things would happen Where i always thought my dad was a very uh rational astute man and some things would happen like like say after 9 11 my, my father would react like this like he would react like all of the fucking shit i'm reading is telling me i need to understand muslim culture and he's like and i don't want to understand he's like i'm angry right i don't want to understand right now and of course later that would subside and he'd be like of course you have to understand problems to know how to tackle them mm-hmm. but after my father read the Rape of Nanking, he became equally socially, he's like, you know, I never bought a Japanese car. <laughs> because this, this book horrified him so much, you know? Yeah. And this is basically what these kids are struggling with, is they're saying, we are part of an apparatus mm-hmm. that is in, engaged in pure evil. Yeah. Like, this is, this is sheer evil. We can't, we just can't go along with it, you know? And, and they know they're the only ones. They're really in the mouth of the wolf. They're the only ones that are gonna do this, and they're just white, regular old German students, and they get this um this professor on their side so they can get access to paper envelopes, mimeograph
1: mm-hmm. to make copies. distribution,
0: and they start they start making these these leaflets and and dropping them around you know and and just talking about like. We're in a slave state. There's there's massive war crimes being committed, and the war is over. We're done. Cause this is post-Stalingrad too. Don't right. forget. So the war
1: is turning too. Right. And which is this all? It's also very Lutheran-esque. Yes. Yes. That's what Martin Luther did. Mm. Leaflets.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah. 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 Right. You file your grievances and tack them up on a wall. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean when. We were, we, were, we were doing research on this thing, and Laura and I were saying, we didn't realize at this point, you, it, was so, it was so easy to get found because you were using paper.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's rationed at yeah. this time. Yeah. Wow.
0: And never mind a, a mimeograph. Look on the
1: list. Who's got paper? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So And the Gestapo was going nuts because, especially after the loss of Stalingrad, the German people get this rousing speech by Goebbels telling them, it's total war right now. This is the first time they admit we're in danger. We might right. lose. Right. This is the first time. So, anybody that's stirring up shit at home, they're ready to bring the fucking axe down mm-hmm. hard. So, they just tell everybody in the leaflet, please copy and distribute. Like, tell them. Like, some, some of the people in the White Rose is the name of the resistance group. Mm. They found it, right? Which White. is supposed to be innocence and purity in the face of pure evil, right? That's huh. why it's the White Rose. That's beautiful. Yeah. And they would. They would act like they were bigger than they were. They would take to the train and they would go up to Hamburg and drop a bunch of leaflets and be like, Oh yeah. no, this is a nationwide thing. This yeah. is not just five, huge. This is not just five, six kids, which it was. Fuck. It was five or six kids that were just like crisis of conscience and started going all around. And uh, it's kind
1: of like what we were talking about with like Castro. Yeah. Back in the days is kind of like becoming a myth. Yeah. And then the reaction to the myth is then what empowers the myth. Right.
0: You know, it's 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 like that thing of you see a little trail of resistance and you think it's going to lead to this huge movement mm-hmm. and you don't realize it's, it's, it's just, just a, a trail. It's just a trail. But if you're ready to follow that idea and enough people are as well, then it, it will become it will room. become that. Yeah. Right. So they're doing all that. In the meantime, some of the guys, Hans, Sophie's older brother, are still getting sent to the front and they're med school students right. and stuff like that. So, like, you know, they're like treating the wounded, but some of these guys would speak Russian and stuff like that, and they would find out about all these grave crimes the Russians were committing, and they would find out about, you know, extermination of 300,000 Jewish people, you know? And I think it's really...
1: That the Russians were committing or the...
0: No, no, the 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 Germans Germans were doing, you know? Most of the notes I got from this were from the uh, Jewish virtual library, which this gentleman, Jacob Hornberger, wrote this amazing thing about the history of the White Rose, and... Just how important it was that a bunch of kids that really could have kept their head down in a very upper middle class way were totally ready to sacrifice themselves to be like, this is just wrong. This is just against the human spirit. Right. Like, this is just evil.
1: I I especially love the, um, I mean, so much of the, the Nazi messaging was purity, racial purity. Yeah. But they counter it with this. Innocence and pure the purity of the white rose, like a, a, yeah. a more pure purity, I think is very <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. special. Yes, it is. And it's also, it's just preying on something deeper than, like, Nazism is new. Faith is not. Right. It was very much born in, uh, like, a religious thing of, like...
1: And even older imagery, because the, the Nazis, a lot of their... Imagery went back to this weird, you know, uh, yeah. Vedic, cult, uh, Celtic, old right. Nordic imagery. The SS is actually two lightning bolts. It's not two SS, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of these runes, but to go back to even something older, even older than the language of, of a rose is really something. Yeah. Okay. So the, the fact th- that five kids came up with it is, is amazing.
0: Yeah. And there's really not many of them. Like there's really just, um, I mean, there's like a couple of, of uh, there's only a, a few women but they were very happy cuz Sophie wasn't supposed to know her brother was doing this resistance shit and Sophie wasn't supposed to find out. And then once she kind of sees the leaflet dropped around the university, she kind of instinctively knows like oh my brother's involved in this and so she goes to him and says, you know, what's the deal? And then they get her involved and then they were very thankful because she was way less likely to be searched by the SS. Right. When they were passing stuff around cuz they were desperate to get these people. Of course. You know. And uh, so, they have the use of the mimeograph from, you know, the people working at the university that were sympathetic. And it's you know, if you think about it, like, if you think about how rebellious our universities are here now, the idea that so few people in a Nazi university at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, like universities have always been kind of bastions of rebellion. And, like, this was just a tiny little bit of people. But, but I, I think in a position like that, you know, everybody's singing the same song and they're all doing yeah. this, but they're all getting these suspicions and they're saying... What can I do that won't put me in trouble? What's the what's, what's the, basically the least I can do? Because I have to do something. Right. So that was the thing that these first White Rose pamphlets were saying was passive resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, kind of like in, I mean, not even like in, in a Schindler way, like, you know, make sure the bombs don't go off or anything like that. Just, you know, don't support where you can. Mm-hmm. And they started dropping like graffiti with stencils and stuff like Hitler, the mass murderer, you know, Hitler, down with Hitler, freedom, freedom, freedom. So now it's just like pamphlets, random graffiti. You don't know where it's coming from. But this is the first time you've ever seen rebellion like this. It's just a couple of kids doing it. But the cracks, the, it's, the cracks are, are starting to show. Well, also just that it was like, you know, it was the first time, you know, Goebbels and the Third Reich leveled with them being like, yeah, we might fucking lose this thing. Yeah. You know, and, and then they declared a policy of what they called total war. So every, you know, all hands on deck, you yeah, know, if
1: you're with us or against us. Yeah.
0: Like we got to do this thing. It went up to the University of Hamburg. Copies started being made up there. Uh, the uh, they went to as far as Austria too. They and would shit. yeah, some of that would get around. You know, just, like, again, during the war rations, the SS was so, like, we have to find out how these people are getting envelopes to send shit around. Where are they getting paper? Where are they? Getting Isn't that crazy? Postage? Where are these people getting envelopes? Yeah. Because. because <laughs> Call I mean, the minister of envelopes. But, I mean, again, like, if you have, like, the most automated fascist state and the trains are
1: running on time. And, the, you, you know. You should
0: be able to count it to the decimal, and, right?
1: And where. You can go backtrack to where that envelope came from. Who yeah. licked it?
0: Right. Right. So that's what they were saying. So they were they were in a huge tiz. Right? They were tizzed out. The Gestapo <laughs> was in a
1: massive tiz. Oh dude. shit. When They're, the Gestapo gets tizzed up, better right watch out. out. Oop. Oop.
0: So when Han, Hans and the and the other friends, they would have to go to the front. They would they would uh leave it to Sophie to still act like act like we're still in active resistance, like we have right. to go and do this shit and they would come back with more horror stories. And then God, can you would, imagine their conscience like
1: going out there, I got to go on one hand,
0: well like I think luckily a lot of them were doing like med stuff, which is you know? I guess
1: y- y- yeah, on one hand you are saving a life. You're saving right. a countryman's life, right? Yeah. But also you are in uh, a way you are a cog in that machine. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But uh, I mean there is no there is no choice no, like There isn't. Sophie tried to hide out doing kindergarten teaching after she she left school.
1: German word kindergarten
0: Yeah. And she still had to serve for some kind of like national labor board. Like they they found a way to just draft everybody. Everybody had to get involved. Even if you were trying not to, even if you picked a job that would so like little likely get you involved with the fucking Nazi war effort, they would still find a way to draft you out, no matter who you were. So, uh, their, their, their activities were kind of interrupted when the, when the boys were, um, were at the front and her, uh, her boyfriend, Fritz Hartnagel,
1: Fritz Hotnegel.
0: Fritz Hotnegel cool. was telling her, like, I've seen Russian POWs just shot in a mass grave and then mm. covered over, and I've seen the the remnants of of Jewish mass slaughter. But these are the first people that were reporting in Germany on mass extermination of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And like right now, you know, there's the thing going on in the news where they're saying that a lot of people are forgetting about the Holocaust. You know about that?
1: What what the hol? What the ho- the huh? Hol- <laughs> Right, uh, hello. Huh.
0: There's a lot of people like like.
1: It's, yeah, I think they they pulled some some kids. Yeah, yeah. They don't know. Uh, that. Uh, it, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. Well, that's that's why you have. To, that's why it has to be talked about and
0: brought up, no matter how right. uncomfortable it is. Yes. Right. Even like lynching in the United yes, States, you have to talk. You about have it. To, You have right. to bring it up. You do because it's. I mean, the idea of the forefront of human industrial ability being used to exterminate a people is uh, is just so insanely terrifying yeah that it's
1: almost out of a sci-fi thing yeah it it is the most it's it's the most sci-fi comic book thing ever to ever have happened in human history i think yeah next to the i mean the atomic bomb is one thing it's very kind of like a genie in a bottle yeah but the the death machine apparatus yeah is so i mean star wars doesn't come close it doesn't come close yeah
0: and there's a thing like like i think a lot of people are like People like when I was growing up in New York, people would be like, "Slavery? That was like 200 years ago." It's like, "Oh, that's nothing." Yeah, all yeah. we've done now is just commercialized it to the point where you have to pay to be in prison. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. So, so there's like kind of a similar thing with the Holocaust of being, of being like, "Well, what do you want? It's over. Forget about it." And it's like, no, no, Echoes. no. You have to, you have to really pay attention and really take a long time unpacking things like slavery, yes, and the Holocaust because.
1: Those was, because the, uh, the echoes hap- they they echo till today those right. effects right
0: yeah but it was almost talked about in a way when I was growing up like oh yeah it was like as bad or maybe even not as bad as the Cambodian genocide which is just totally not true at all you know the 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 genocide of
1: all time right is the Holocaust it's it's more severe than any of them it, it because it was so I mean it was not a it, because it was so mechanized and yeah. so precise and so Yeah well, Obviously obviously state sponsored It wasn't you know Stalin killed 20, 30 million of his own people Mm -hmm. But it wasn't in the Collated to the decimal point fashion That the the, the, the Jewish Holocaust was
0: And you know the the original Like the Nuremberg Laws Not about the trials The Nuremberg Laws were about stuff about We're going to determine what makes you a Jew Right We're going to tell you like How much Jewish blood you have in you That we just consider you a Jewish person Mm -hmm. And then we're going to tell you If you can marry this person Yeah so, there was people in the White Rose resistance that were like, oh, yeah, my dad tried to remarry to a Jewish girl and then was discouraged by the Nuremberg Laws." Do you, do you remember what the number? Was it three-fifths?
1: I, <laughs> it was, cute. Uh,
0: Thank you. I don't remember. I don't remember. But it was like some people who come into the movement like that being like, well, I know this woman is a good woman and she can't marry my father because of- her Jewish blood and stuff yeah. like that. So some people come in like that. But like at first when all these kids are meeting in, in Munich University, they don't want to talk politics because
1: that's like all discouraged. Yeah. You know? Well that you, it's happening now too here. <laughs> it, I mean not being able to talk about things yeah. is so dangerous. Yeah. I don't oh, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's your problem, bro. <laughs> right. No, it's it's it's
0: very true. It's yeah. like it's the ultimate way that they kind of swindle you at the end is like, yes. it's like in a very North Korea way. Like in North Korea, it's implied to talk about politics.
1: I wonder why.
0: Right. You know. there's one.
1: Yeah. Weed is legal though, yeah. by the way. Oh, so nice. that's great. Is that true?
0: Yep. So really? So is breaking rocks for a living. <laughs> it's encouraged. Yeah. So anyway, um, all these kids, they they finally, they're like, uh, throwing out all these pamphlets. They, from the top of the U- Munich University, throw out the, the sixth pamphlet. And one of the janitors sees them doing this, Sophie and her brother. And uh, he fingers them, you know. Ew. Yeah. (sighs) Phrasing.
1: Oh, he drops the dime. Right. (laughs) No no Jewish jokes, Matt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, this guy, Chris uh, Probst. Uh, as a, as a, as a fellow conspirator.
1: <laughs> probes fingers the guests. No no, 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 The janitor, the
0: janitor fingers probes. So, <laughs> oh so- oh God. they all get nabbed. Uh, first? This guy, Roland Freisler of the People's Court of the Greater German Reich, is sent from Berlin. To do the kangaroo court that they do. Of course. Honey, I, got, I can't be here this weekend. I have to go and uh, right. put these kids to death. Yeah. So he goes and he's, he's the judge and he acts like completely the prosecutor. He is just like railing against. The-
1: As the n- impartial wink wink judge. Right?
0: right. Yeah. And they also have fake ass defense attorneys for these kids. Uh, one of which says, all I can say is let justice be done. <laughs> so he's just like a fucking stooge standing yeah. there acting like, you know, there's any kind of law yeah. at all. But he's going on and on and on he's talking about all this fucking, how can you betray the country, blah, blah, and like all this shit. He's saying all, all this fucking, and, he, and he's really perplexed that it's like, you know, good German kids right. from good German families. How can you leave us at this time yeah. like this? And Sophie speaks up. Hell yeah. Sophie, 21 years of age, says, somebody after all had to make a start. What we wrote and said is also believed by many others. They just don't dare to express themselves as we did. And then later she says, "You know the war is lost. Why don't you have the courage to face it?" Oof. She's the only one talking during this trial. You move, you move, right? Her parents, Robert and Magdalene, they come up to the the court. You know, after like they were they were tried four days after their arrest. Their parents come up and they're denied entry and. The to what, sa- the court? To the
1: court. Uh-huh.
0: And the mother says, but I'm the mother of two of the accused. And the guard says, should have raised them better. <clears throat> so Jesus. Robert, the guy who basically started all this shit. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing is that... The, the father who originally was... The father who was originally like... Fuck this Nazi shit. Yes. Nothing, nothing happens to him and his wife. They live. Right? right. Well. But there's a thing of like, what do you think of... How somebody deals with unpacking politics onto their child that makes them make this kind of decision? I'm asking you. Oh,
1: God, I mean, this is before he he knows that his do- his his daughter is going to die probably, right?
0: They're in a Nazi kangaroo court. It's not looking good.
1: Man, I don't have a kid that I know of. So, but you have to. There, I mean, there's got to be some some. Like genetic deep biological guilt and regret that your your kid is gonna die mm-hmm. but I feel like there's also got to be like some pride there mm-hmm. I, I I don't know I, I couldn't I can't imagine i
0: I always think for
1: for for parents,
0: and I'm not a parent, so that's obviously we're. Aren't you a parent of, like, 18 kids? Oh, well, it's... it's you are it's my a, daddy. <laughs> That's a whole different story. Yeah, you're,
1: a, was, you're a parent, but not a father. Right, no, 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 right, no, no right, hold right, on,
0: right. hold on. All right, continue. But but a lot of the idea is, I want to leave my kids with a better situation than I had. Sure. And a lot of that is why the estate tax has been repealed. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whole... We right. can go to a lot of things with that. But here he is. He has taught his children exactly what he wanted to teach them. What do you think is right? And... They did what someone he would want someone to do, right. but yeah. not them. Yeah. Yeah. I meant and, for
1: other people, not you. Right. And, yeah. and
0: just live through the war and we can, we can all, but
1: put your head down.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. So the, there's, that's,
1: yeah. It's, there's a lot of conflict there. I don't Robert,
0: know. the father, bursts into the courtroom and he says, one day there will be another kind of justice. One day they will go down in history Ugh. they are found guilty of treason and sentenced to death they are sent to Stadelheim prison the parents are allowed to meet with Hans and Sophie Hans says uh, he thanks them for loving him and uh, he has to kind of turn away
1: before he starts crying like a bitch <sighs> very good <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I'm about to cry right now so
0: Sophie comes in smiling Her mom offers her candy. Huh. And, uh, she says, yeah, well, I haven't had any lunch. She grabs a big handful and starts chomping. Hell yeah! And her mother says, to think you won't be coming through our door anymore. Oh, Jesus. And Sophie says, mother, those were a few little years. We took everything upon ourselves. What we did will cause waves. Fuck. And her mother says, Sophie, remember Jesus. And Sophie kind of forcefully says yes but you too right just like remember your own faith right and she leaves smiling and then this guy Robert Moore who's an SS officer who originally interrogated Sophie and thought she was innocent sees her in her cell later and he's like it was the first time I saw her cry after her mom left after she left her parents and uh, he's a Gestapo guy yeah He's, a storm fucking trooper. Right, and he says it's the first time he saw her cry, and she said, "I've just said goodbye to my parents. You understand." So obviously, this guy Robert Moore, this Gestapo guy, was the one that told this story. Yeah, yeah. it moved is, him. It moved a Gestapo
1: guy. Yeah, <laughs> psycho, right?
0: <laughs> this uh, their 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 other co-conspirator, not related, is Christoph Probst, and he had no family visit him because at the time. His wife was giving birth to their third child. So he did they his family didn't know he was arrested or sent to
1: death. Oh my god.
0: Cuz they were dealing with the birth of this child. And he's granted access to a Catholic priest talks to him and he says, "Now my death will be easy and joyful." Right? <sighs> Sophie was led first. To the guillotine, oh Lord! Wait, they, they, so they don't guess non-Jewish German
1: citizens. They no, need they all the fucking, gas they can get. They mm-hmm. behead them. Yeah, which is something I, I I couldn't believe. It's probably an easier death.
0: Well, they had they had this uh, kind of more automated sort of German thing. It's called a like, <laughs> whatever it, Daski it, it, Volkswagen. It's a faster version of the guillotine. More fuel efficient. They're like, yeah. Hey, we. What if we made it faster? <laughs> yeah. Well, they. Everybody. Everybody is saying. Um, first of all, all the Gestapo people, all these people in, in, in the prison, before they die, they allow all three of them to meet together. Together, all the co-conspirators. Christoph Probst, who just had a kid. Hans, the and brother, Sophie. and Sophie. They all are allowed to go together. Because everybody is so impressed by their bravery, and they're also saying... Like, this is the thing, is that it's creeping into some of these people involved in the Third yeah. Reich. They're saying, Holy maybe, shit. Ho- maybe, they're maybe right. these fucking kids are right. Maybe, like, we're wrong. Yeah. And they're probably allowing yeah. a lot of this shit because of white privilege, et cetera, and, and, and Aryan privilege. But they're also probably saying, like, man, I got to give it up for these kids. They really are... Immediately going to their death so bravely,
1: right? And none more so than Sophie, who's the youngest at twenty-one. Right. It's kind of like uh, in um in a lot in a lot of movies, but in True Romance, mm-hmm. <laughs> in True Romance, when Christopher Walken and, and he's having that conversation, Dennis Hopper, yeah. with Dennis Hopper, and he's like, "Man, it sucks. I gotta kill you." Yeah in another life, you know, maybe there's a respect. There. There's a respect there. And I think yeah. but also but there the attention that that it's a weird like autoimmune response. Sometimes like if you you know if you have an autoimmune disease, it's because your immune system is overreacting to an otherwise what would be a benign yeah. pathogen or something. And and that autoimmune response then cas- causes a whole cascade of problems in your whole body, right? And so right. the 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 Third Reich's response to the white rose. Hmm. Perhaps caused a but more ripples that caused their downfall. Right, caused all this uh, attention and, and notoriety to, to five or three people. Well, I think
0: that's kind of why they didn't go more after the family. Is because if they went after more of them, it would have vilified
1: them. Vilified it's kind their, of one
0: of those things where it's like you know when when drug dealers have to make an example, but they don't want to create more of a problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's I like, know. Uh, yes. I it's, do. it's very much that kind of thing where it's like. Okay, do we do something to send a message here, or are we going to bring down a lot of um, heat. like civilian heat? You know, and and and, and are we are we ar- acting a- appropriately to the, th- the what, people what they did? Right, because uh, they don't want to make if if it becomes a headline, mm. children resistors. Yeah. Then people are like, well, why were these kids? And then suddenly everybody looks into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded like a little bit of uh, the story of Jesus. Why is Jesus the martyr? He wasn't the first zealot. Mm. Right to be crucified. Mm. He was just the one that became popular. Right, and yeah. that's because of the press of his brother Joseph afterwards. Right, yeah. and so a lot of it is like, how do we tamp it down without it affecting things? Right. Yeah, but here are all these kids that they're ca- are, are are so strong. Yeah, so sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. with so much emotion, and and even the guards are are moved are moved by it. Yeah, and a lot of thing is like I'm I'm not really playing up here. Is a lot of their correspondence among each other, and 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 Sophie's boyfriend on the front, and all that stuff. There would be a lot of quoted um, sermons and everything else from from a lot of prominent theologians and people saying just about about what is right, the right thing to do, you know. And some of them are Protestant and some of them are Catholic. There's there's no kind of like main thing there that's like it's just about like you have the human spirit has to be better. Than some things. And that's kind of what these kids took and ran with.
1: From the verse, Civil War, (laughs) book six, June 9th, chapter Captain America. (laughs) No, you move. Yeah. Right. And let it be said (laughs) to plant yourself like a tree by the river of truth. (laughs) And yay... There may be detractors, and the mob may say this, and the government may say that, but let he who. Sorry.
0: That's an old. I mean, that was the. No, you move. That's no, you, taken, you just reminded me that's taken from that old spiritual, like a yeah. tree planted by the water.
1: Yeah. We not be Do forced. you guys want to get no you move tattoos? <laughs> yeah.
0: Before I ever do a poignant episode, I always try to tie it into some trashy parable <laughs> that I know you and me can relate. It's on. not fucking trashy. It's not trashy. At all. It's it, comic
1: books are trashy. No, I'm, I, I honestly, John, really good. I'm very, very happy and touched that you 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 brought that up. I really as, thought as of it intro. the first
0: time. Yeah, I, I really thought of it the first time. But you uh, know how I feel. So, Sophie, Sophie is the first led to the GSU. And everybody says she is, like, without turning a hair, without flinching, just so, so scarily, like, I know this is what it is. What what we're doing here matters. This will <sighs> cause it. Christoph Probst, who just had his third kid, he's next, right? Sophie's brother Hans is last. Fuck. As the blade is falling on his head, he screams... Long live freedom in German. Super fucking brave hearty. Right? Now let me tell you a little something, Aaron. We're talking about him right now. Johann Reichardt is the man that dropped the blade on these three. Jo-
1: jo- Johann Reichardt? Johann Reichardt. He's the executioner. Sorry, it's, right, it's me, just oh, Johann. Whoops, I'm just doing my job here. It's the heart I'm of society. the Reich. <laughs> he detailed
0: in his own notes all of his executions. Oh god. That's 3, hell- what? it's a hell 3, of a fucking diary. 3165.
1: Oh jeez. Detailed records. June <laughs> 5th.
0: And 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 as busy as he was keeping up with the kangaroo courts of the Nazi regime to execute tons and tons of people, he would still follow the old tradition of wearing the executioner's outfit, which includes
1: ask. oh the fucking- a
0: black coat. A white shirt, white gloves, clean hands, white gloves is part of the outfit, a black bow tie. And a fucking black top hat
1: <laughs> What? Well, huh? A top hat? That's a what the executioner was f- He's a like? fucking magician <laughs> Now ladies and gentlemen For my next trick I make the people's heads disappear
0: <laughs> Right? Jesus Christ. So that was tradition This was traditional Like no matter No matter what was going on No matter how many people he had to kill He would always wear all the shit And do the thing He was just like This is my job This is what I'm gonna do Did they say who thought of that? This is this is traditional From before his time Right?
1: There's is- a great um Hardcore history podcast where it's, um, I think he, the, the title, it's, it's one of his most recent... Um, listen to it after Dan this. Carlin's, ch- check it out. After you listen to the yes. whole Profiles and Eccentricity catalog. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and he, and uh, uh, I think price. it's called
1: Painfultainment, mm-hmm. And he just details a lot of like, you know, going back to bread and circuses and the execution, public mm-hmm. executions and the Coliseum, just a whole, it's a whole thing. But he does talk about executioners through history mm-hmm. and the mystique behind them. Yes. And the gravitas of the job and how they... They had their own... Air about them in public, and they right. have to like eat at certain. Pl- it was very, very weird. I-, I recommend you listen to it again after you listen to the entire profiles and next yes. catalog. Well, well check it, it out.
0: It is. It's a fascinating thing. It's it, it, it,
1: what a jo- you're the hand of fate, justice, God, sure. Satan, whatever. Yeah.
0: It's um. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know how anybody could ever do it. I can't. I, I don't think know God how the, anybody could uh, just be a, a prison warden and just like you know contain your yeah. fellow man. I don't right. know how anybody could do that job, but let alone capitalism, baby. But yep. let alone uh, execute three thousand one hundred sixty-five people. Personally, yes. So he's um, he, he works in Poland and as far as Austria, and he requested the, the Nazi regime to be able to break the speed limit on the way to executions. To get there faster, <laughs> to be able to kill them more efficiently. Right? Well, we, that's <laughs> happening in states across the United States where they're like, in Texas, they're like, we need to get these executions quicker. We right. Can't, we can't, we're waiting too long. It's costing us money. Yeah, retarded them. people we got to execute. Yeah, right. The, the the Nazis denied his request, by the way, believe it or not. Sorry,
1: rules are rules. <laughs> uh, af- Johan, rules are rules. So no rules, we're no better than the animals yeah. you're trying to kill.
0: <laughs> so after VE day, uh, he, he throws away his guillotine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, how big he is this just, does he just bag? It no. up he, he and chuck it in the it in a
1: river or something.
0: And people were like, "What? That doesn't sound right." I can't and he's swim in that I river. I threw
1: it away. I promise.
0: <laughs> so he's arrested under the the terms of like denazification, right? And you got to get rid of all these fucking Nazis, right? Rehired by the occupational forces. To execute Nazis at Nuremberg. Oh, no shit. This motherfucker. The same <laughs> one that killed Sophie Skoll and all the White Rose now kids.
1: Executing now executing Nazis. Now executing Nazis at Nuremberg. T- does he have did, to learn new American guillotine?
0: Does he have to wear the outfit? He executes 156 and then he stops... He refuses to continue after two cases of mistaken identity. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. So, th- so now he's got a conscience. Oh, after yeah, the Nazi be, kangaroo man.
1: courts. It'd be funny if they made him do it wearing an Uncle Sam outfit, <laughs> <laughs> which is the top <laughs> hat and the yeah. whole suit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is humiliating. And hates I, I'm us. talking about this is
0: under American forces, too. This is under a... Uh, US like occupied, a uh, Marshall uh, Plan type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess everybody was like, well, we don't have a professional killer? We yeah. Would, <laughs> right. Who's available? <laughs> Fucking
1: Operation Paperclip, baby. <laughs>
0: but he also, he engineered methods to reduce suffering uh, during the executions. He he would do stuff like, you know, you got to buckle you in so you don't, like, uh, you know, struggle and strive and, you know, you, yeah, you get your head cut. chopped off, all that stuff. He was just like, no, I'm going to get two or three big ass guys, pull you as tall as you can, and then it's a three or four second death. So he was actually kind of into increasing mercy in his work.
1: I think increasing efficiency, but you can call it mercy. Sure,
0: sure. Um he uh he he's he lives in West Germany after the the war and he's uh they abolished the death penalty in 1949 and he something
1: is, we still have not.
0: Uh, uh, okay. He lives a very sad life. His wife leaves him. Huh. In 1950 his son takes his own life oh. because of his father's reputation. Fuck. Jeez. And then in 1963 in Germany, there was a series of taxi driver killings, and they started talking about bringing back the death penalty, and Johann Reichard spoke out against it. How about that shit?
1: Yeah, it's a, um, gosh, I think it was in the movie Ides of March, where George Clooney's playing a uh, presidential candidate. Yes, yes. And he's on, like, on, like, fucking McLaren. He's on, like, one of those, you know, interview shows. And he asks, him, the guy asks, Clooney's character, you know, are you for or against the death penalty? Yeah. And he says, I'm against it.
0: I think this is almost the beginning of the movie, too. It's really—it's either
1: the beginning or the end. I don't remember, but no, it really stood out for it's very me. very good. And he was like, I'm against it. And he's yeah. like, why? Well, and he's like, well, it's a, it's a perfect punishment, but we have an imperfect system. Yeah. And then he asks him, what if you found out somebody had murdered and raped your wife and children? he said, oh, I've killed them. Yeah but i th- i thought the well, that th- was a, the phrase it's an Im- it's a perfect punishment but we have an imperfect system is a really poignant um
0: interestingly that question was what helped give uh the presidency to i think it was george the first george bush yes yeah well that's that's uh why they brought it up in 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 that movie it was to put people in this like tough um tough on crime well you have to you have to be like for a democrat to say it, it the idea was well, if it was me, I'm such a rogue that I would kill them. But I believe in the rule of law, so I believe the law should be that nobody should be able to, uh, allowed to kill them. Right. But I also have to act folksy enough that I'm like, if somebody kill my wife, I'd I'm kill them. a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. So that was the whole deal. But
1: also, I mean, some you know, maybe there's some truth to that.
0: Yeah. Um, Fritz, by the way, Sophie's boyfriend was on the front lines. He was he, he escaped Stalingrad. He didn't have to to get there, but he still got back after Sophie was killed, and he ended up marrying Sophie's sister,
1: younger. I, I- hell yeah, Fritz, get it, <laughs> rosebud, live your best life, get that white rosebud, bro.
0: So there was uh, this. <laughs>
1: Listen, we're a profile. We're a fucking <laughs> podcast about, about our, piss. We okay? Did, we open with, with piss. We open with piss. Every rose has a thorn. Shout out to Bill and Ted.
0: Brad Michaels definitely is, is involved in piss even if the story is. Th-
1: oh yeah, well he's diabetic, so it's like <laughs> sweet piss. <laughs> you know that's how they used to check if you had diabetes back in Rome. They would taste your pee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back
0: yeah. in Rome, is that right?
1: Ancient Rome. Really? Yes. And they'd
0: be like, "You yeah, got diabetes." I I just drink well, it's plasma. called
1: di diabetes mellitus, ah. and so mal- mel is the Latin root for honey, Ooh. and so it's sweet, so sweet. It so they would they would taste your pee-pee. and oh. if it was sweet, you got the you got that sugar diabetes. Try it at honey. home, folks. Yeah, taste your piss. Try it out.
0: Um, the. The young lady that was sharing the cell with Sophie recorded her last words, which you know we love on this program. I
1: love last words. I love Sophie. I love White Roses. I love this profile.
0: She said, Sophie said, how can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? Such a fine sunny day and I have to go. Uh, But what does my death matter if through us thousands of people are stirred to action? the 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 leaflet that got them caught by the fucking janitor that was smuggled out of the country and it was dropped by allies over no occupied germany shit and it was renamed the manifesto of the students of munich so that was uh that was the 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 kind of most immediate bearing it had there was a bunch of people that were found out in the immediate uh investigation afterwards some people Kind of folded, grassed each other up. Some more people were were killed, sentenced to concentration camps, stuff like that. One other girl was... Her trial kept getting delayed because of Allied bombing raids. (laughs) Good bombing. Until finally, the Allies bombed the town she was held in and she was freed. So there was a girl from the White Rose that was freed. Um, Some people have have said things like this. Uh, The playwright Lillian Garrett Groag said... In Newsday, it is possibly the most spectacular moment of resistance that I can think of in the 20th century. The fact that five little kids in the mouth of the wolf were really counted, had the tremendous courage to do what they did, is spectacular to me. I know that the world is better for them having been there, but I do not know why. In the same issue of Newsday, Holocaust historian Judd Newborn noted that you cannot really measure the effect of this kind of resistance and whether or not X number of bridges were blown up or a regime fell. The white rose really has a more symbolic value, but that's a very important value. Arguably the most. Yeah. And I just want to leave you. Bye. With. Oh. this These are, I mean, the words that made me fall in love with the story. And they were put out by my friend, Josh Jubinski, who does a, a label called Dead Tank Records. And it uh, was the first picture I ever saw of Sophie school. And, uh, so on February 22nd, 1943, Sophie Skoll was executed with her brother Hans for leading student resistance against Hitler as part of the White Rose Group. She was 21. Quote from Sophie, the real damage is done by those millions who want to quote unquote survive the honest men who just want to be left in peace. Those who don't want their little lives disturbed by anything bigger than themselves. Those with no sides and no causes. Those who won't take measure of their own strength for fear of antagonizing their own weakness. Those who don't like to make waves or enemies. Those for whom freedom, honor, truth, and principles are only literature. Those who live small, mate small, die small. It's the reductionist approach to life. If you keep it small, you keep it under control. If you don't make any noise, the boogeyman won't find you. But it's all an illusion because they die too, those people who roll up their spirits into tiny little balls so as to be safe. Safe? From what? Life is always on the edge of death. Narrow streets lead to the same place as wide avenues, and a little candle burns itself out just like a flaming torch does. I choose my own way to burn. (sighs) No, you move.
1: Yeah, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, a tear just rolled from my eye. That's our show folks I love you My name's John Fahey Thank you
0: That was beautiful John That was amazing Um, I'd I'd like to thank uh, Hip Quotient and Eric Spitzigel For MTV.com For helping me with my piss stuff (laughs) Thank you guys I love you I love you all um piss and heroism. What are you gonna what what else do you want? You know what I mean? Good night.
1: Good night. Good night.